Father, we do thank you for this time together. What a blessing it is each week to come together and study your word and um, work at and work through the pictures that you provided for us in the Old Testament of Christ, of your redemptive work in him, through him, your glory, your holiness, your beauty, how you have blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, how you've clothed us in his righteousness and made us a nation of royal priests. So we look at the picture that we have before us today of the breast piece on the high priest's garment, and we pray that you would give us wisdom and discernment, that you'd glorify Christ as we study this. Bless our time together, bless our um, study of your word, and ultimately, Lord, may it lead to our worship of Jesus in a more deeper way as we leave this place. It's in his name we pray. Amen. All right, we're in Exodus 28, starting in verse 15. Last week we discussed the ephod and the two black stones that were attached to it. Do you remember what, what names those two stones bore? What were the two names? What were the names? The sons of Israel, not the tribes. It was the direct sons of Israel. So this week we look what is translated uh, in the ESV, and I think other English translations will translate it as breast piece. The older English translations uh, called this the breast plate, but uh, as as we're going to see, it's not really a plate at all. I I grew up using the King James Version, um, and I always had this vision in my head of the high priest walking around with this clunky thing going clunk, clunk, you know, on, his, on, his, on his chest. But this, it's, it's a fabric thing. So let's look at uh, verse 15 through 30. You shall make a breast piece of judgment in skilled work. In the style of the ephod, you shall make it of gold, blue and purple and scarlet yarns, And fine twined linen shall you make it. It shall be square and doubled, a span its length and a span its breadth. You shall set it in four rows of stones, a row of sardis, topaz, carbuncle shall be the first row. The second row an emerald, a sapphire, and a diamond. And the third row a jacinth, an agate, and an amethyst. And the fourth row, a beryl, an onyx, and a jasper. They shall be set in gold filigree. There shall be twelve stones with their names according to the names of the sons of Israel. They shall be like signets, each engraved with its name for the twelve tribes. You shall make for the breastpiece twisted chains like cords of pure gold. And you shall make for the breastpiece two rings of gold and put the two rings on the two edges of the breastpiece, and you shall put two cords of gold and the two rings at the edges of the breastpiece. The two ends of the, cord, of the two cords you shall attach to the two settings of filigree, and so attach it in front to the shoulder pieces of the ephod. You shall make two rings of gold and put them at the two ends of the breastpiece 
on its inside edge next to the ephod. And you shall make two rings of gold and attach them in front to the lower part of the shoulder piece, two shoulder pieces of the ephod, at its seam above the skillfully woven band of the ephod. And they shall bind the breast piece by its rings to the rings of the ephod with a lace of blue, so that it may lie on the skillfully woven band of the ephod, so that the breast piece shall not come loose from the ephod. So Aaron shall bear the names of the sons of Israel in the breastpiece of judgment on his heart when he goes into the holy place to bring them to regular remembrance before the Lord. And, the breast piece of, and in the breastpiece of judgment you shall put the Urim and the Thummim, and they shall be on Aaron's heart when he goes in before the Lord. Thus Aaron shall bear the judgment of the people of Israel on his heart before the Lord regularly. Now that is detailed. What's the piece made of? Fabric. It's not a plate. It's a pouch. It's the same materials that we see uh, in the curtains of the tabernacle and the ephod. It's the same idea. The fabric that reflects the presence of God, that lines the inner sanctuaries, the holy place and the holy of holies. The size is, uh, you know, a span long and a, and a span wide. I mean, we, we got that right. What a span is? Yeah. Is a span Yes, it's just like this. It's about nine inches. Or twenty-two centimeters. Or twenty-two centimeters. So nine. If you have like basketball hands, be about nine inches by nine inches. It's a square on the front. Um. And it's not a plate. One possible translation of this could be a sacred pouch. Why do we think it's a pouch? It's doubled over. And it's carrying something. It's housing something. The umum, the umum and the thumum. Um, and we'll discuss more on that a, a little bit. Am I saying that right? Urum, Urum sorry. I don't know why I'm saying umum. Maybe. I thought that it should rhyme, but it, it, it sort of does. Anyway, um, look at the stones that are on this thing. I don't know what these are, a lot of them. I know what a diamond is, an emerald. I got, I got that. But a lot of these I have never heard of. Anybody more familiar with stones recognize all these? Um, many of them are unknown. Turn to Ezekiel 28, 13. Uh, 32. Ezekiel 28, 13. Ezekiel. 28, 13. Ezekiel. Not Ezra. Ezekiel. 28, 13. You were in the garden, the garden of God, Every precious stone was your covering, sardis, topaz, and diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, emerald, and carbuncle, and crafted, uh, let's see, and crafted in, oh wow, really? Well, that messed up, didn't it? Gold. Thank you. There it is. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
And crafted in gold were your settings and your engravings. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. So you see in, in that reference, at least, Eden contains at least nine of these stones that are on the high priest's garment. Um, wh- why would that be similar? Why do you think, what's the connection there? Right. What is he going in the temple to do, tabernacle to do? To mediate what? Their relationship with God. Okay. What's the problem? For what reason? So he goes in bearing the the symbol or a representation of the initial state, one of right fellowship with God. Um, Nine of the stones are are directly related. The others are similar in, in the, the, the language is similar. This is not a, a fluke or a mistake that there's connection here. And if you look in, in the other Genesis account uh, earlier, uh, or in Genesis, there are uh, references to lots of precious jewels and those kinds of things. So it reminds Israel and us of the sinless state of creation, and especially of our sinless state in the garden. He's got this representation on his chest, on his, by his heart. The high priest enters the holy place bearing the physical reminders of that condition. And he's there to deal with the sins of the people. What's on the stones? Their names. Their names of the tribes. Now last week we talked about the two onyx stones that were on the shoulders of the ephod and they bore the names of the sons. There's a difference here. And that these are the tribes. Remember how the working Manasseh and Ephraim? Yes? I thought it said sons, mm-hmm. and then it said tribes. Yes. Like, and, no, I mean, on these that were on the side right. of the breastpiece. Right. It clarifies. Well, the tribes, yes, it clarifies it to be the tribes. But it still says they're still part of the family, but it's more distinct okay. of the tribes. You're right. It does say that. And again, you see that play in the word of stone and sons talked about that last last time but yes ultimately you have on the on the two shoulders you have the sons of israel and then on the breast piece you have the tribes who are sons but it's more distinct there's grandson issues going on with manasseh and ephraim verse 21 they shall uh, be like signets each engraved with its name for the 12 tribes the end of the, the end of twenty one. Why repeat this? Why have it on the shoulders, and then also have it on this uh, breast piece, this sacred pouch? Why have it on here again? Okay. Okay. But it's still writing names on stones and putting them on the garment of the high priest. That part is repeated. Some of the names are repeated. I'm trying to remember what we said the representation of the sons on the other stones were and being able to contrast with this one because I'm thinking this one is tribe, the tribes of Israel are God's people. Mm-hmm. And this is representing God's people. And the other one, I'm trying to remember what we said. The family was the covenant. The family was the covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, ultimately the covenant with Jacob. Um, 
And then you have the tribes being representative as people. But why have, why have it, again, this repetition of the names being on stones? What do we know about Hebrew thought and repetition? If it's repeated, it's important if it's repeated. There's an emphasis here, and it's on the covenant. The, the covenant that they have cut with God on Mount Sinai. Repetition emphasizes a point. What the point is, the covenant. Um, David seizes on this in Psalm 51. He says, remember your covenant, O Lord. Uh, well, the, the priest is saying, remember your covenant, O Lord, as I come to address the sins of the people. And, and David pulls from this in, in, in Psalm 51. He says, have mercy on me, O God, because I'm otherwise a really nice guy. Is that what he says? No. He says, according to your steadfast love, have mercy on me. According to your abundant mercy. What's the basis for the mercy he's asking for? Is it David? It's on God's nature. Remember your covenant. Remember your nature. Act according to who you are, not according to who I am. Right? That's the idea here. As the high priest is going in, remember who you are. I'm bearing this, I'm about to deal with the sins of the people here through atonement. Remember who you are. Um, can, yes, ma'am. Could there also be some of the, the placement of where those stones were? That the idea that the high priest was carrying the burden of being responsible for all of the all of Israel mm -hmm. on his shoulders mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I think so. I think the placement's in, incredibly important, and we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But yes, there's the, on the shoulders, we talked about it being, bearing the burden of, of, of leading and, and being the, the one who um, is bearing the sins of the people to, to God for atonement and dealing with that, and the responsibility of that, the duty of that. And then the heart you, you should have for it. Well, if we skip ahead to Christology, it's the heart that he has for his people. You see the same, the same idea. Um, David's appealing to God's covenant with his people, and he appeals to God's revealed nature. The high priest is doing the same, and God is commanding that he do it. By the way, he's, he's setting this up on his, on his very clothes. When David addresses this, when he, when he calls for God's mercy... He trusts the truth of those two realities, that, that God is, uh, is a covenant-making God who, who honors his covenant and um, is abundant in mercy. He, he clings to the truth of those two realities and asks for something incredible. According to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, not just cover my sin but blot out my sin. The, the picture here for the Jew, for the Israeli, Israelite, is one of um, God's faithfulness in, 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 uh, in the covenant. And David seizes on that in Psalm 51. Remember, Psalm 51 is written after the sin with Bathsheba and the murder of Uriah the Hittite. He seizes on that to ask for, for more than they had ever hoped for. Rather than a mere covering, blot it out. Make it so... It, 
never existed. Look at verse 22 through 28. Uh, you see here very specific instructions on how to attach the thing. What does that tell you? Yes. Speaking of the, just the specificness of it, do you think there's any, um, anything to the ordering of the stones? First row, these, this, 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 this. I mean, since it's so specific in the I, I know of it. I know jewelers use it to say it's birth month. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that there's something that... There may be. I didn't, I didn't see anything on that. Maybe some of you did. Of, of value of stone? I don't, I don't know. They're all precious stones. Um, I would assume it would be in birth order. Uh, but I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see that. Um, he's very particular about how the thing is fastened. And the reason is at the very end in verse 28, so that it shall not come loose. And, and he says that here and also in chapter 39, 21. Um, again, it emphasizes this is not to be removed from the high priest's clothes. This is to be a permanent fixture. Don't remove this. Oh, so this is sewn in, not worn around the neck. Well, it's, a, it's attached, yes. It, it, I don't know if it's sewn in, but it is attached through gold chains and embroidery and those kinds of things. And it's, it's affixed to it. Um, what is it housing? What is it holding? The Urim and Thummim. The Urim and with an M. Thummim. Maybe, maybe the point is that there's not any order to the stones. Maybe there's not an ascending or descending order. It's that all the stones are precious, just like all the tribes are precious, all of us are precious. It's the precious stones to be worn. Yeah. No, none is, is necessarily better than the other. Maybe. Maybe. Um, we don't know. I don't know what. It doesn't list the order in which they're, and they were they're all on there. Set in gold delivery, so they right. were given the same, same treatment, the same settings, yeah. What what is this Urim and Thummim? <laughs> what do you think? What do you know? Yes, that that's the indication. It's it's well, we don't know what they look like. We don't know how they were used. We know in some way they were used to discern the will of God. Um, it, they appear relatively few times in all of Scripture, um, but no description is given how, how to use them. There are some hints um, that they were used like you know, casting lots to find out the will of God. Um, David um, asked when, in, in, in 1 Samuel, asked, for the ephod, and that's what he's referring to. Give me the ephod with the with the with the pouch with the urim and, and thummim, to so that the priest could use it to tell him, "Go here, don't go here," to 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 understand uh, the future. It was one of the ways in which God revealed his his will. Some of the smart folks have suggested they represent the first and last letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Urim has a, a little breath mark in the front, and the first letter in the Hebrew uh, alphabet does not make a sound. It's just kind of a, an accent. 
And then the last letter is, is ta, so you have the, um, the, the first and the last. If that's the case, maybe they represent kind of a merism, the sum total of all knowledge of life, you know, that kind of thing. Um, others have thought that it, it means Hebrew numbers, odd and even, the, uh, the desirable die and the undesirable die kind of thing. We don't know what it is. A lot of speculation. We don't know what it is. But regardless, what is clear is that they were seeking knowledge or wisdom of something that was not known to them presently. And it's kept in a pouch that represents a time when they had clear fellowship with God. When there was no uh, question or confusion about who God is, what does he want me to do? They kept these two um, pieces, stones, sticks, I don't know what they are. But they kept them in the pouch that, that represented Eden. A time when wisdom uh, was not confused, obscured, or uncertain. What does that tell you? Does it bother you? I once knew a guy who, who really uh, believed that that's how we should determine God's will. It's okay. So he kept a, he kept a, a pair of dice in his pocket at all times. Uh, that was in like John Cage. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he, uh, I guess he's similar to Harvey Two-Face, you know, with the coin. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, there's a lot of, there, there's some of that. And God, and Hebrew says that God revealed Himself in, in, in revealed Himself in, in several different ways in the Old Testament, right? We know prophets, we know uh, uh, in Scripture, we we know dreams. Uh, we now have this Urim and Thummim. All of that was various ways in which God revealed Himself in the Old Testament. What was hidden has now been revealed in the person and work. Of Christ, right? I don't use dice to fill. Well, maybe that's what God wants me to do. Oops, I threw a seven. It, no, that's not how we do the will of God today. We have Jesus. In the last days, he's spoken through his son. Um, 1 Corinthians one twenty four, Paul says, But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. And he goes on to say in verse 30, And because of him you are in Christ Jesus, and became to us, who became to us, wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. We don't discern God's will through throwing dice. Liver shivers. Yeah. <laughs> it is once. What about Jesus? And how did that work out? I don't remember what it was for. It was for the new the new apostle. Good. Is this somewhat similar to the the fleece? Yeah, it's very similar to the. the you talking about the the, the Urim and yeah yeah when, with Gideon and putting out the fleece? It's a, we do that, don't we? 
I'm waiting for the green light from God. We'll, we'll use that language. Or even more spiritual and holy sounding, I'm just seeking peace. What is that? Waiting on my stomach to stop doing this rumbly thing. Let go, let God. Yeah. Um, we we wait. How do you define the peace that you're for which you're waiting? What does that What does that look like? We'll know when we find it. Supreme Court used that argument. What? Is that what that means? Just complete. You got to make the um sound. Is your peace determined by bad fish? I don't know. Uh, we have a more certain word. Yes? I think that's what he says. Christ is the first and the last. Christ is the presence of God with innocence and goodness greater than that of the Garden of Eden. Colossians 2, always a good place to go. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea, and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding. What is he praying for? Full assurance of understanding. Full assurance of understanding. Oh, if I just knew the will of God. Oh, if I, just, if I could just feel peace. No. Praying for the full assurance of understanding. How? And the knowledge of Christ's mystery, of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden, like a pouch, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That's in Colossians 2 1 through 3. Here's a secret. The knowledge of God's mystery, that was God's plan all along, that wisdom would rest in His Son. Uh, uh, Isaiah 11, verse 2, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon Him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. So it all comes back again to the beginning. Yes? I just looked up, I just looked up how do you pronounce it? Uman? Uman? It's Urim, apparently. I yeah, wrote it down. I, I just found this Jewish history website and it says it's, it's a priestly device for obtaining oracles. Yeah. Very mystical. So, well, but the, well, the idea of wisdom. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yep. So. I mean, obviously, this is placed on the vest as in it's being sanctioned by God as an appropriate and okay way yep. of determining His will. Right. So I think what this really shows us is the contrast between the revelation of God. Back then, they didn't have much revelation from God. They had the first five books, and as God was speaking, that was about it, right? So well, the, and, then, and, then, and then the other 34 that came after, I guess. But at this point, I mean, you know, we're in Exodus. Right. So it's, you know. Yeah. But now we have Christ. We have right. His Word. We have full assurance. Full assurance. Yeah. We have been. So it's, for us, that's not okay. For them, evidently it was. Well, it was commanded. Yeah. Commanded. Well, yeah. They cast lots for the next apostle. Um, wasn't it before Pentecost? I, I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. And, and not that Matthias was a bad guy. 
but we never hear anything about him ever again. Other than he has a media, apparently, organization out in Australia. What's that? I don't know if they were directed to do it. I don't know if the Holy Spirit directed them to do it. Okay. They were just, well, we need to fill the number. Cite Old Testament to say, we need to do this. Yeah. They do cite the Old Testament and say, we need to do it. Okay, I need to look at that story. Yeah. Right, right. So. Well, all right. Um, here's the <clears throat> kicker what he gave Christ in his humanity, the fullness of wisdom, all the treasures of wisdom. He is given to those who are in Christ because we're dead to confusion and chaos, right? We're dead to that, crucified to that. That's the devil's game. That's not our game. God is not a God of confusion, of uncertainty, of chaos. He's a God of order, of making things known. Christ lives in us, and in him are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. God does not want his children given to chaos and confused about his will. But what does he do? He tells us to study to show ourselves approved. Right? To get wisdom and discernment. To know what the will of the Lord is. And that means that God's will is accessible. To us, not through the rolling of dice or putting on a fleece or, God forbid, some mystical search for following peace, we gain wisdom by, by applying the knowledge we gain from thinking through, meditating on, um, to be little, to chewing on the Word of God. Again and again and again. We gain wisdom as His Spirit works in us to illuminate the Word we have in us. 2 Timothy 2.7, Paul tells Timothy, Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Do the work of thinking, Paul says, because it is a gift from God to think, and he will give you understanding on how to act. This is Christianity 101. If we're still resting in red light, green light, we're, we're still on milk. The foundation of Christianity is we study the book. We dwell on the book. We meditate. We, oh, dare I say it, we memorize the book. Right? But solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Hebrews 5.14 The mature are trained by constant practice. Uh, it's not just reading and memorizing all the systematic theology points. It's living it applying it from a position knowing that the knowledge of God is there because I put it in. Holy Spirit, how do I apply this? We ask for wisdom, and God's not stingy with it, it says in James. He gives freely. Wisdom is knowledge applied. Uh, Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing, not by just memorizing a bunch of stuff, but by testing, applying it, use wisdom. By testing you may discern what, the will of, what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We are trained and tested in what we have studied and fed upon in God's word. There's no quick way to wisdom. You're not just going to sleep on your Bible and it comes into osmosis. You've got to put it in. You've got to study it. You've got to chew on it. And you've got to 
seek to apply it in every area of your life and not be bashful about it. All right. We will land on this, and I know we're running long, so sorry, Chris. Ephesians 3, 7 through 13. Ephesians 3. Haha. <laughs> well, right now I'm the stormy cloud, so. Ephesians 3, 7 through 13. Paul talking to the Ephesians. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given. To preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light, not hidden, not secret knowledge, not Gnostic, to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. Why? So that through... A few special people with little pouches that have things that they can use to throw and discern the will of God. No. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose. It's always been his plan to do this. That he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have... Gosh, I hope I know the will of God. I hope I don't, I hope I don't miss my plan A for my life. You know, and live plan B, plan B kids, plan B wife, plan B college. And if I miss that, plan C wife, plan C kids, plan... No. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. And this is a guy writing to them in prison. I wonder if he had the question, oh, if I'd just done this, I wouldn't be living this plan B life in prison. No. He says, so I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. It's knowledge tested, and wisdom is that knowledge applied. If a purpose of the church is to display God's wisdom, do you believe that he will keep it from you when you prayerfully use the ordinary means of grace? Study his word. Availing yourself of the ministry of the gifts he has given to his church to equip the saints. Has he not given you all things? Can you trust him? Yes, you can. Any comments, any questions? We're running up on one minute before we need to be out of here. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Sure. Um, Mm-hmm. And how fruit from the vine or from trees mm-hmm. is never for that own tree to consume. The mm-hmm. fruit is, is always for outside sources, mm-hmm. people to eat, and for animals and for stuff mm-hmm. outside of that tree. Right. And so, same applies with the, the gifts of the gifting of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And the, the glory of the church is, is for not the church, it's for outside the church. While the fruit of, of each individual person. Mm-hmm. With the, the fruits of the Spirit that we right. offer, right. it's for the church and for the world. Right. It's not for us to consume. Fruit, you, you don't, fruit of the Spirit, you don't see uh, by yourself under a tree with your Bible. Right. I can't be kind to the, I mean, I guess it would be kind to the tree, but it really didn't mean anything. Right. 
uh, I have to show kindness, I have to show gentleness, I have to show self-control in the context of community. Right. Is, that, is that what you're saying? The other thing with fruit is that it also makes more vines. Right. So that's kind of a healthy thing to remember as well. We don't just circle up and go, yes, here's my fruit. We go out and, 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 and spread our fruit that way. Yes, ma'am. I was just thinking about Jesus being our high priest. Uh-huh. That'd be a really good place to go, I guess. We, we, well, I know we've talked about this, but yeah. him carrying the burden right. of his people on his shoulders and the burden of his people on his heart right. and not having to cast the urim and thummim to determine God's will, but knowing God's will because he mm. and the Father are one mm. and having that confidence that because he is our high priest and he has made us a, a nation of priests, right. that we do have confidence that in him, that in him yeah. we can know Sure. And we can do it by the power of the Holy right, Spirit. Right, right. Exactly. Good. Hebrews 1. You going to read it? You already did. I did. Okay. All right. I didn't know if you were going to read it. All right. Anything else? Good. All right. I'm just stunned by all the jackets I see in class today. I just can't. Really I still think it's just really interesting that God told them to put the Urim and Thummim in there. Uh huh. Sure. Yeah, and has. I mean, if, if part of Scripture is written by Nebuchadnezzar, a pagan king, God could pretty much use, well, he used a donkey. So, yes, so that and Nebuchadnezzar together means he can use anything he wants. Nebuchadnezzar and the donkey. Um, yeah, and, and, and he does that, I think, and it was mentioned earlier, to, to display the distinction between before Christ and the wisdom of Christ that we have access to because of him being, uh, because of the hypostatic union, fully God, fully man. Um, One other yeah. thing. Uh, if, I, I don't remember if I said this at another time when you were talking about maybe last week or before, but the, the tree in um, the New Heaven and Earth um, mm-hmm. coming out of the, the river of life, the mm-hmm. tree had 12 different types of fruit, mm-hmm. and the leaves of the tree were producing the nation. Right. one of the emerald. No, you got the diamond. Yeah, you're right. They, they had what they had. You get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Is that the way that works? Yeah, that, it, it's established. He determines what, what, they, what they are, what represents them. And they have to live with it. The other thing too, that I, and we can go on with this, that in Revelation, it talks about the new Jerusalem. At each of the twelve foundations is one of these stones. It's, it's built upon each of these these I don't know. There's some kind of relation there. It's it's all, it's it's probably literal. Um, yeah, it's all literal. So, all right, let us uh, let us pray, and uh, and then we will uh, go on to the next sermon. Father, we do thank you that um, that that you have 
in Christ displayed for us your grace and your mercy. As if it weren't enough to um, atone for our sins and blot them out, you have lavished us with the riches of your grace in all wisdom and insight. What an incredible gift that we don't have to um, be mystical in our search for your will. That you've given us objective truth outside of us, fixed and founded from before the foundation of the world, your word. And Father, as we study, let us remember that studying your word brings us closer to a person, the person of Christ. Incline our hearts to love him more, to gauge our actions by our love for him and our love for what he loves, his people. Thank you for this great gift. We thank you for Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen.